Welcome to the Three Wins Podcast, brought to you by Legacy Advisory Partners. My name's Sean Lydon, the producer of the Three Wins, and we've designed this podcast for CEOs, CFOs, and really any executive who oversees employee benefits to talk about smart strategies, new ideas, and current events that impact how your company attains and retains your top talent. In the last episode, Russ, Mark, and Matt talked about how to align your company's deferred compensation executive benefits plan with your objectives to create an opportunity where both the employee and the company come out as winners. But here's the challenge. You can offer the best, most generous deferred compensation plan in the world. But if your top executives don't know about the plan or aren't taking full advantage of it, you're squandering a valuable tool to attain and retain those key leaders. So how do you build awareness among your senior leadership team about the financial advantages that come with this benefit to enhance their tax strategy and retirement planning? When they're ready to participate, how do you make the onboarding process as easy and frictionless as possible? And how do you ensure that the plan offers a positive experience for your executives in a way that reflects well on your company? We deep dive into these questions and more on today's episode of the Three Wins Podcast. All right, welcome back. We're in a new year, 2021. Great to say goodbye to 2020, although... Uh, we were talking the other day and kind of the litmus test of 2020 was, were you in the midst of 2020 and all the hectic and uh, heartache and frustration and everything else that went along with it? Were you still able to show some sort of fruit in your life? And if you could show fruit in 2020, then you could probably show fruit in any year. So we go uh, into 2021 with that truth and with that promise. And uh, we, we are uh, adopting that here at Legacy. And we appreciate uh, Mark, Matt, uh, y'all jumping on the podcast and continuing our last discussion uh, around what uh, companies uh, can do who have this uh, desire to either start up a brand new, non-qualified, uh, uh, long-term incentive plan, uh, non uh, non-qualified deferred compensation plan, something like that. Or if they have one and they don't know what to do with it, it's a wreck and it needs to be rehabbed. So just as a recap, we talked about the three things. The purpose of a plan needs to be clarified, whether you're starting a new one or you are rehabbing one that you have. If the purpose is not clear, how it fits into the three wins of the organization, which Mark, you'll get into here in a little bit, uh, if it's not clear, it needs to be clarified. Otherwise, it's just going to be an executive benefit that nobody understands. And really, it's a, it's going to have a low return on investment for the corporation from a stickiness factor. Uh, and the second thing we're going to, which is what we're going to talk about today, is the participant experience, the participant outcomes, uh, the, the uh, opportunity for the participants to make sure they understand that it's a benefit to them and designing the plan in a way that it is a true benefit to them. Um, and then come back, uh, we invite you to come back for our next episode after this one, where we'll get into 
how does a corporation fund, manage the funding of <clears throat> these plans? Because they are on the books, they're an IOU for uh, a future date payment to these uh, participants who are in these plans. So uh, today, Mark, we're looking at the participants, we're focusing on the participants. Uh, and uh, you said you had a couple of notes that were uh, helpful to our listeners to keep in mind as you think through the participants' involvement with a non-qualified deferred compensation plan. Lead us out, Mark. Yeah, thanks so much, Ross. And uh, all I can say about 2020 is na 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 na. Hey hey, goodbye. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, if we do have people out there that don't have fruit to show as kind of a trophy, you know, we could uh, just reach out to us. Let us know. 2020 hit you pretty hard. We'll send you a T-shirt. I survived 2020, but all I got were these three wins. Uh, marketing idea. Good. I like that. There we go. All right. So reach out to us. We'll get you a T-shirt. All right. Um, yeah, as we, as we talk about the participant experience, I think there's really three sub, sub uh, components of it that really highlight you know, what we'd like to get across or what you'd like your participants to enjoy. So you know, one is uh, legacy acts as an extension of human resources in the human resource team. So uh, all of our clients that we interact with, as, as well as prospects, I think a pretty common theme, you know, with corporations today is the human resource department is probably your least staffed, most important, you know, department. So it's a very important department, but has the least amount of staff to pull it off. So we come alongside, you know, your HR department and really uh, act as an extension, help you uh, with all the communication materials, help you in, in promoting the plan and ongoing service. So really, you're, you're able to uh, outsource the, this benefit and we keep you, you know, keep the corporation and the department in the loop. And uh, of course, we need, we can't do everything on our side, but we take as much of the day-to-day uh, -day task and the reporting, you know, off of the corporation and uh, make it as smooth as possible. Um, with that, you know, there's a couple pieces that that we've found uh, our clients have really seen a lot of value, and and one is when it's annual enrollment time. You know, we like to conduct uh, webinars uh, where you know we'd offer two or three webinars depending on the size or number of participants, but typically the sessions are 30 to 45 minutes where we'll give a an overview of you know, what a deferred compensation plan is or long-term incentive plan. Um, what are the highlights? You know, how can participants uh, maximize the opportunity? You know, what are some concerns? How do you fit this into your overall planning? Uh, and really give the participants opportunity for you know, Q and A. Um, and over time, you know, we find that participants you know, will come back, listen to the webinars as a refresher. You know, if this is a benefit that you only talk about maybe once a year, you know, it's, it's good to get a refresher. Is there anything new that, to be aware of or any plan design changes? Uh, so we've seen that as a, as a valuable benefit. Uh, also, we can, you know, if the company wants us to, we can 
uh, reach out and do phone calls. Uh, as long as you provide us with the phone numbers, the best way to reach them, we're able to promote the plan during enrollment season, um, help customize you know, emails that will go out. And we send out emails to uh, let them know the upcoming deadline. Uh, we often find that you know, executives are very busy and it's, you know, if an enrollment deadline is on the you know, 30th, uh, it's pretty common for us to get calls on the 30th at 4 p.m. So we're used to um, reaching out and, and, and being available to assist, you know, along the way. And really just ongoing service, you know, as somebody's maybe about to leave the company, you know, they want to know how their benefits going to be paid out or if they're getting close to retirement, um, how they're going to maximize this benefit. What does the payout structure look like? The taxation, how are they going to receive the funds and the timing? Uh, so uh, it's really a high touch, you know, that they're able to interact with a, a person. It's typically either Matt or myself. And uh, we're, we build relationships over time, you know, with, with companies participants. The second piece is plan administration uh, slash website. So when the participant, you want the participants to be able to see their benefits, you know, often these will be tied to a, a 401k type menu where they can go in and make changes. So uh, we work with various administrators and all the administrators have what we'd call a 401k look like website that's be very similar to 401k. Uh, many of them have updated their websites. You know, there are some nuances to non-qualified that are a little different than qualified 401k plans, but um, uh, they have, you know, we want to make sure that the participants have an online enrollment process. We're not completing paper forms anymore so they can uh, complete everything online, make it quick and easy. They can uh, go green with their statements if they desire to have those you know, emailed to them. Uh, it's been pretty common during COVID for everything just to be emailed anyway. But um, that's the main pieces on kind of the website process. And the third piece, what we'd call the participant win. So we, we talked a lot about purpose. So the participant win is, you know, there's two components of it. One is from their own deferrals, you know, as your compensation increases, what you're able to defer into the 401k plan, that percentage decreases over time. So you almost get reverse discrimination in the 401k plan that, you know, you want to put money away on a pre-tax basis but 401k doesn't allow you, you know, to put as much as you desire. So uh, a deferred compensation or a long-term incentive plan allows you to do that where you can defer, you know, typically you want to defer between 10 to 15% of your total comp. Uh, and this is a great place to, to help you get to those higher deferral limits. Uh, and then the next piece would be, you know, if your plan offers a, a, employer discretionary contribution, you know, if it's tied to, if it's a long-term incentive plan, if it's tied to any, you know, benchmark or profitability numbers, you know, the more you can make that visible in their understanding of it and you loop them into, you know, how are you tracking towards the 
the benchmark. They're more closely aligned, you know, with your corporate objectives. Uh, so we call that the collaboration effect on profits. And that, that creates the, a win for the executive that they can, you know, achieve that award and help them in their retirement readiness or financial independence. But it also creates a win for the corporation, you know, that they're achieved a higher number because their their executives are in tune and and aware of you know what can they do to help the corporation d- develop the win and they can participate in that win in the process. Yeah, and that's where we, we if we go back to kind of how you design the, the the actual award or what the the purpose of the plan is. If the purpose of the plan is just to sit on top of the four hundred one k. And you just you let people who are limited that that reverse discrimination in layman's terms, instead of being able to put in the full amount that the IRS allows for an average person on a yearly basis into your 401 k limited, right? There's there's a calculation, and then you might only be able to put in fourteen. Well, that five thousand dollar gap you can put it into this plan, and maybe the match would also go on into this plan. Sometimes though, there's an additional benefit where the company says, if we reach X in corporate profit, margin, growth in a certain area, whatever it may be, that supports the the corporate win that defines corporate win and the forecast, and that also translates into the success of the shareholder win, whatever, however you want to define the shareholder in different organizations, if we achieve X, then there's an additional piece that could also be paid in as a benefit, as an award into these plans. So it depends on how you set that up. And if there's this additional benefit, then, hey, here you go. This is this is something that a collaboration effect on profits is achieved. So at the base level, here's a benefit to make you whole from an IRS 401k long-term savings perspective. But it can also be, the plan can also be used as a tool it really should also be used as a tool that allows folks to receive those additional above and beyond awards if the company does much better than they anticipated. That's a that's a really good that's a really good uh, example. Matt, what were you- it's, well, just considering you know, it's not um, the message that you're saying it's how it's received basically type thing. So if you're putting all this time up front and we've seen this, I don't know how many times uh, a company has a good intention. They've got a good idea. They want to put a plan in place. They want to uh, reward or retain those key people. And, um, you know, we do a lot of work on the back end trying to design that and, and build it out correctly, but it's just not rolled out to the participants um, in a way that's well received or a way that they understand it because for whatever reason, you know, they, they're the only people that want to kind of manage that whole education and communication thing, which I, I understand, but you know, it, it takes some extra care because at the end of the day, the plans only as good as, uh, the, the people perceive it. And if it's not explained well, or the participants don't understand it, it's not, if there's a disconnect basically between what you as a, uh, 
an owner or as a committee, what you're putting into this plan, if there's a disconnect between what the participants are seeing and experiencing and what you guys think that you're putting in and offering, well, that's just, you know, you're not getting good value. The money that you're putting in isn't efficient. There's a gap to close there. And really all that takes is um, some education. And what Mark was saying is us basically translating. This is like it or not, you know, a very complicated industry. And there's a lot of uh, words out there that can be confusing or concepts that are intimidating. But when you really break it down, all a participant needs to know are some pretty basic things. And if you can break that down and kind of listen to them, understand uh, where that disconnect might be between um, what they think the benefit is and what it actually is, and you can bridge that gap, you're going to have a much healthier plan and you're going to have much happier participants. Okay. Yeah, a good point. And I think that, you know, sometimes there's this, uh, and we've heard this from time to time, there's a, um, a hesitation to, you know, the, the, the reason that the plan is maybe not, you know, quite uh, firing on all cylinders is a hesitation to promote it. <clears throat> because, you know, in, in certain pockets of society, <clears throat> if you make plenty of money, then it's kind of like, why do you need one more benefit? Well, part of the Part of the thing is, well, if you make plenty of money, there's a there's a market uh, requirement for the certain amount of money, right? Smart companies pay what the market uh, or to, in order to get the talent, right? And so, uh, if you're paying people a bunch of money and they're not doing a really good job, that's a separate situation. But in order to get the talent, then this is what they pay. You know, this is what they're earning, and you know, it, it doesn't make sense for someone who says, well, you know, all my life I've been associated with this level of lifestyle that's afforded to me because of the talents and skills and what I, the know-how that I bring to the table has afforded me and what I make. So if I can't save well for retirement, then I'm not able to, you know, efficiently put those things together. And so, uh, you know, what it really comes down to is, are you open to allowing those folks? Is it a part of your culture to be able to say, those who make this impact at that next level, this executive, <clears throat> this executive group, are you allowed to, uh, do you agree that it's part of your culture that, that those folks who help create this collaboration effect on profits, are they able to participate and benefit at the next level? That's really a culture question and it's not just just paying a bunch, you know, paying people, you know, who are smart and doing different things. You know, it's not just paying a bunch of extra money. It's awarding them in a tax efficient way, allowing them to participate in the success they help create in a way that doesn't have anything to do with stock. It doesn't have anything to do with ownership. It doesn't have anything to do with dilution of who's already in that leadership and in, in ownership role. But it gives these these folks an opportunity to save at the same level that they're, that they're living right now so they can kind of manage their retirement readiness in an effective way. And so dispelling some of those those ideas and, and you know, when you get a participant and you're walking through, they say, well, I don't really understand it, so I'm not going to do it. 
And that's where really where I think we excel bringing, hey, this is not something that's just some, you know, some really complicated thing that, you, you know, you don't really understand. This is simple financial planning. Can you put some more money away at a pre-tax level beyond what you're doing in the 401k? If you can, this is a great way to do it. And for the, uh, and for the owners of the, the, the company, the corporation, the benefit to them is attracting other talent that says, yes, that's what I want to achieve. I want to achieve retirement readiness. I like this benefit. And, you know, if it's A and B corporation and they're, they're both great cultures and they're, you know, good, would be good fits. It's worth, you know, challenging atmosphere. But one has an opportunity to help me define financial independence and retirement readiness in this way, allow me to participate in the success that I'm helping create, and the other one doesn't. Well, sometimes that's an easy decision. And as a corporation, as as leaders, you know, the, the shareholders in a company, you don't want to be on that end of not offering a, a plan like this. So sometimes, you know, if it's a rehab situation, let's get it cleaned up. Let's move forward. Let's offer a great uh, plan to folks. And if it's a new thing, then we can walk you through the setting it up so that your participants, not only, you know, current uh, participants, but the talent you're trying to attract in the future can look at it and say, they've got their act together. They understand what executives need from a compensation benefits package. This is a really a great opportunity for me to not only provide my skill level in a, in a place that appreciates us, but also participate in what I'm helping them create for the long term. That's really one of the, the key things that we, we look at. Mark, Matt, whatever, whatever uh, closing thoughts or comments do you have? I think we've summarized it pretty well. I mean, the, uh, you know, it, it, if you are, <clears throat> offering a plan and, and and spending the time of and money you know for the administration and mm-hmm. uh, your human resource time you know it's uh, uh, I think what we do by coming alongside you is a valuable piece to really to to bring it to a higher level um, to put it in front of them let them know what the opportunity is you know and and make it simple as we've described of you know, this is just a, another uh, financial planning tool that's available to you that really can can make a benefit, a large uh, benefit in your overall planning long term. And, and um, you know, the more you can let them know what's available to them. And then, you know, if, if you are offering any sharing in the success of the company, you know, it can be create that win-win that we've been describing. Yeah. Very good. So don't forget yeah. offer for the uh, t-shirt. And uh, one thing, let me get on a soapbox real quick. So um, just generally, generationally. So one thing we see quite a bit, um, just the disconnect between people's uh, current financial wellness and basically where they need to be for retirement. There's a big disconnect nowadays, and that's not really a surprise. You know, in 2020, we really saw the statistic that a majority of households can't absorb a um, expense greater than, I think it was $600 or maybe even less. Um, It's a very small amount. And you're seeing kind of that, uh, 
even very successful people almost living paycheck to paycheck, not necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but in a way that they've built a very fragile system. And if that fluctuates too much, they're not going to be able to basically keep up with whatever outflows that they've committed to. And there's been a pretty big disconnect between um, just people's savings habits and everything. And I think a lot of that is because back in the day, you know, you think about your parents or your grandparents and they would work for a company for 40 years, like their whole um, career, basically. The company would take care of them. They'd have a pension plan. A lot of these decisions that we've now offloaded to the participants, um, they used to be made by the company. So one of the things that I always like to just advise uh, companies is don't be afraid to lead because participants like that. You know, your employees like to be led. They might not necessarily mention it directly, but you know, if you think about going out to a restaurant, maybe a new restaurant, how many of us will, you know, just ask the waiter, we look at the menu, it looks great. You know, there's a bunch of things that we're torn between. You ask the waiter, you know, what do you, what do you recommend? What do you think's good? You know, something like that. And a lot of times me anyways, you know, I'm generally going to take their advice. I'm going to, um, trust their opinion. And, and it seems like people are number one, we're afraid to do that for liability reasons. Um, a lot of people, you know, can't give advice, especially in this industry, but, uh, just knowing that there is a thirst for that sort of uh, leadership and that sort of advisement. Uh, and the participants just need that. Don't be afraid to offer it. So building these plans out, you know, making uh, the plan provisions, building it in a way that kind of encourages people to save more um, things like that. I think there's a real need out there and it's, so great when you see a company that's brave enough to incorporate some of those more um, aggressive or progressive ideas and you see it well received because they, you know, they're a little hesitant. You encourage them to do it. They actually do it. And then it's well received. It's, it's a beautiful thing to witness. So that's my, that's my soapbox. Yeah, I think that's really good. The, the, the leadership of the company, uh, can extend uh, beyond just a, a regular qualified retirement plan. It can extend to executives as well. You're exactly right. Good thoughts, gentlemen. Right. So that right. Episode 12. And uh, if you are uh, viewing this one by itself, you'll want to go back and view episode 11. And uh, please stay tuned and, and check out episode 13 as well, where we wrap up the idea around uh, rehabbing non-qualified plans and the steps that uh, we can help you take to do so effectively and efficiently and with as little uh, pulling out of hair as possible for you and your staff, our world. Uh, we appreciate you tuning into the Three Wins podcast. Uh, again, I'm Russ Clemmer, uh, guest here, Mark Walker and Matt Joins. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Three Wins Podcast. We have links to some awesome resources in the show notes. And if you haven't already done so, please click subscribe so you won't miss any future episodes of the Three Wins Podcast. 
This is Sean Lydon signing off for now. Until next time, we'll see you then.